0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, on a fine Thursday afternoon here at the top of the noon hour. Let's go ahead and get started with the Angelus before we get into our show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. I think it's a very fitting way to start our show every show but especially today is uh you know starting with the Angelus and the prayer to Saint Michael the Angelus of course being our remembrance of the incarnation of Christ really uh, we celebrate the incarnation of Christ, of course, in March. Nine months before December, nine months before Christmas Day, um, and we think of Christmas Day as truly the birth of Christ. Um, but really, the birth of Christ, I think, of, of you know, Christ here on earth started in March at the time of the incarnation. I like to end the Angelus with the prayer uh, to Saint Michael, always to remind us why Christ came. He came to vanquish the evil that is brought on by the demons, by the evil ones, by the ones who have turned away from God, by the fallen angels who. Want to tempt men and make us turn away from God as well, well, coming up here this uh this weekend is Halloween. And always, you know, we like to celebrate Halloween or we see it celebrated it as a spooky time where all the demons and the, the ghouls and the witches and the warlocks and the ghosts and all the scary things come out on that day. Sad to say, though, because <clears throat> it seems to be more of a celebration of darkness than truly what it is, All Hallows' Eve, the eve of All Saints' Day, November 1st being All Saints' Day. Um, and really, Halloween should be the evening before it's kind of like christmas eve right where we anticipate we we get happy we celebrate the birth of Christ, and the kids are hoping for presents under the tree and we think about how wonderful christmas is and how wonderful god is and that eve we maybe prepare to go to midnight mass <clears throat> maybe we prepare to um spend time with family maybe we sleep it in and wait till the next day to celebrate christmas uh day well for halloween you know all of a sudden halloween all saints the eve of all saints day instead of thinking of the saints sometimes we start thinking of ghouls and goblins not surprising right <clears throat> not surprising why why do why do i say that well working in the field of deliverance working in the field of uh trying to vanquish and and get away from the darkness and get closer to the light it makes sense it makes sense that the evening before that we celebrate all the saints All of a sudden, darkness would want to come out. I say that because, obviously, if we were to focus that night and quietly sit in our rooms and meditate and think about what it means to be a saint, then the next day, not only would we want to celebrate the saints that we've already declared saints that have already been presented at the altar uh, in the Vatican, that have already been presented as saints and declared saints on earth, we would want to start thinking about Becoming our saints ourselves. We would look at their lives and say, How do I become a saint? How do I get closer to becoming a saint? It's the month of the rosary, October 31st being Halloween, the last month of the rosary where we where we focus on it. That's really what we should be doing, shouldn't it? Uh, we should be sitting down praying the rosary and on the eve when we think about the saints, right? As we consider a vigil, we go to the vigil masses, as we consider a vigil for All Saints Day, it's the day that we should really be thinking about how do I become a saint? who are the different saints? Who speaks to me the most? Who could I model myself afterwards? Who do I know vanquished uh, evil? Because that's really what would happen. You know, we start looking at the lives of saints. We start looking at, wow, the saints really came about and they got rid of uh, the evil one. They got rid of, uh, they had to fight the devil in many ways. And it's important to think about that in our own lives. But of course, you know, Halloween comes around and instead of focusing on our lives uh, as getting closer to saintliness and sainthood and and becoming more pure. So we start thinking about what's the scariest outfit I can get? And should I even do that? You know, as Catholics, should we even celebrate it that way? I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is it that we're doing? Right? Because we start looking at Halloween and we start looking at witches and warlocks and we start giving the demons a whole lot of power in that way, if you ask me because all of a sudden we start making them greater than what they really are. I'm not saying that angels are not powerful. And even though they kept their angelic nature as fallen angels, they're not going to be as powerful as our guardian angels. They're not going to be as powerful as the angels in heaven. Um, It's like when we look in our society and we look at our lives and we realize that, you know, somebody could be very powerful, but if they start doing drugs if they start, uh, you know, falling into deep sin, into vice, uh, into you know, prostitution, whether participating or giving it or anything along those lines, um, they're not, you know, in society we don't see them as as elevated people. We don't see them as 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 people in society. When we do that to ourselves, even though in the eyes of God they're still, you know, children of God, and we hope to bring them out of any sin or vice. Um, but we see them as, as, you know, gosh, they don't have their life together They're you know, and if we started to really focus on that and really, you know, elevate that in our minds, I think it's the equivalent of saying, gosh, the demons are really, really powerful and they're, they're going to overtake everything. And we forget, no, actually my guardian angel is much more powerful. And they already, my guardian angel was already there when, when Lucifer fell, because my guardian angel fell in rank with St. Michael and St. Michael said, no, we're not going to have this. And they fought the demons. And those demons went down into the pit of hell and our angels, those who are set up to protect us, our secret service, those who are walking with us every day and keeping us from getting in trouble and, you know, checking on their mics and talking to each other and seeing how we're doing. They're much more powerful. They have much, they're, they're in the light of God. They, they have grace. You know, you can't beat that. There's, there's no way to compete with that. And I think it can get kind of scary. You know, Halloween's a time where, you see a lot of times uh even on our catholic shows where people say oh well you know what about demons and what do they do and and do they oppress you or are they uh is, what about if somebody's possessed and what if somebody's uh just is there an infestation going on you know is there an obsession going on and we really focus on well, what do demons do yeah it's important to think about um because as they say even if you read like the art of war or something you want to know your enemy you want to know who they are but I think more importantly than that, what I want us to focus our show on today is how do we fight them? How do we defeat them? What scares them? Because we got to remember that the grace of God living in us is more important than us focusing on the demons. What I would say is this, you know, I see a lot of people get in trouble, um, in in through our deliverance ministry, uh, the people that come to us, they especially get in trouble when they hyper focus and feel that they need to study every detail about demons and what they do. And they start to get really enthralled by, oh, my goodness, there's this, um, you know, sense of, uh, you know, this demon made made this person levitate, or the lights went on and off, or there was a flicker, or things of that nature. Well, I say, well, gosh, you know, in the Bible, I read that Moses split the Red Sea through the power of God. I think that's much more powerful. He split, split a whole sea. I don't see any demon doing that, you know, works in a little space, tiny confined area. Moses split the Red Sea. You know, Christ came and he became incarnate. That's much more empower, important and powerful. But let's look at that. Let's look at what's really going to scare uh, the demons and how do we know that? How do we know that through um, the eyes of the saints and what the Bible tells us as well? You know, there's this great book uh, that I have that I, I had read and there's an article on it. It's if you've ever heard of uh, Dr. Paul Thigben. Uh, he writes really good books on deliverance. And one of the books is Saints Who Battled Satan. Um, And if you look at that and you look at some of the excerpts from that book, you start to see, what was the mind of the saints? What did they do when they were fighting um, you know, saints, uh, the Satan? There's an article I'm gonna post here that you that you can reference, uh, where there was an interview with him, and I thought it was a good interview, uh, where they asked him questions about the book, Dr. Dick Dr. Ben, and they said, you know, well, what's going on? So let's look at some of these questions, so that when things do get kind of scarier, if we start thinking Halloween is spooky, we start to remember, ah, that's not necessarily the case. We are spookier to the demons than they are to us. It's kind of like thinking of rodents you know, the rats can be kind of scary, but guess what? They're more scared of you are you show up and they're going to run away. Um, so long as you're in the state of grace, not the rats, but the demons. Um, so here's a question. Is there a saint that stands out as having an unusual or inno- innovative way of dealing with Satan? So let's learn about this. Let's see how this saint did it. Did it. Uh, Dr. Thigpen says, I recall how one day, the devil sought to tempt Saint Benedict to lust. Saint Benedict, right? So everybody wears our Saint Benedict medal. There's a Saint Benedict medal behind me here on this side, actually. Um, <clears throat> and he says the evil spirit brought to his remembrance an attractive woman he once knew, and the memory began to inflame his heart. Gentlemen, how many times has this happened to us, right? I can. So Benedict was almost overcome by the passion. Just in time, he saw a nearby thicket full of nettles and briars, so he stripped off his habit and threw himself naked into the midst of those sharp, stinging thorns. He rolled around in them until his body was scratched all over and the temptation was gone. All right, Dr. Sandoval, what are you telling me? You're telling me that every time I'm tempted, I'm supposed to go jump into a bush and hurt my body, and that's how I'm going to get rid of the temptation? Not exactly. Exactly. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break but this is actually a really re- great example of how we're going to scare the demons when they're trying to tempt us we're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Doctors We Stand of All Show. All right. And today we are talking about how to spook the spooks. You know, as Halloween is coming up, uh, we're always uh we're gonna be surrounded by uh people decorating their homes with skeletons and dark things and you know scary things and really a provocation of the dark side. And you know, if nothing else, uh we don't normally decorate that way. I think in the fall it's great to have pumpkins and and uh things like that, but uh, when you start doing scary jack-o'-lanterns and things of that nature, we really gotta ask ourselves, what are we decorating our homes with? Would I decorate my heart with that? Is that what I want inside my home all the time? If somebody sees my heart, walks into my home, what do they see? Do they see a house of God or do they see a house of evil? Just things to think about. Um, as we do, I know some people say it's just for fun and that's great. But once you work in deliverance, you start to realize, you know, everything we do has a consequence. Um, so I want you to think about it that way. But when we're thinking about spooking the spooks or getting rid of evil in our lives, what are the first things that we want to think about? You know, we don't necessarily want to focus on all the sensational stuff, all the parlor tricks that they do. You know, oh yeah, so the lights went on and off. So it's, you know, a frame fell off the wall. Okay, I can get excited by that. Or I can just ignore it and just say, you know what, that's just what they do. You know, I'm going to move on, but how do I get rid of them? Well, one of the main things that we need to remember is that they're going to want to make us feel less than, or they're going to want to make us feel weak, or they're going to want to induce fear in us. Why? Because that's all they have to give. That's how they feel. That's how people feel in hell. When they fell from heaven, Think about it. Hell is a place strictly of fear. That's all they have. They have fear. They're all afraid. Even among themselves, they're afraid with each other. There's no order in hell. Um, And they feel less than. There's no way that they can't feel less than because if they see an angel, a true angel of God in heaven in his full glory, that's got to pain them beyond belief. Because for as much as they chose out of their free will, they chose to be in hell They regret their choice and they can do nothing about their choice, but they accept their choice, but they want their choice, but they regret their choice, but they're full of confusion. And that's what they're going to sow because that's all they have to give. They have to give fear, confusion, insecurity. I mentioned um, uh, before the break about the temptation of a devil um, to Saint Benedict uh, when he was tempting him to lust, and Saint Benedict jumped in a briar and he, you know, he caused pain to his own body to get rid of this temptation. Well, one of the things that's important before we talk on on what Saint Benedict did, let's look at the ways. The devil's going to tempt us or what he's going to tempt us to. We're talking about this book that, uh, by Dr. Paul Thigpen, uh, which uh, he wrote a few years back. Uh, I believe he wrote it back in 2016, and it was Saints Who Battled Satan. But in the book, uh, there was an interview, and in this article, there was a question that they asked him, and he said, one of the questions was, what are a couple of the most common ways that Satan tempts or accosts us? Or chases us down, and uh, Dr. Thigpen says we typically can discern that a thought comes from us, uh, comes to us from outside ourselves when it comes by way of our senses. We see or perhaps read it or hear it, but demons have no body, so they can communicate thoughts directly into our minds, by passing the senses. This is a kind of stealth strategy, he says, because if we aren't discerning, we may assume that the thoughts they insinuate into our minds are actually our own thoughts, so we own them. This happens all the time. How many times do we have a thought that we don't like, whether it be a thought like Saint Benedict, a thought of lust, or whether it be a thought of hatred, or whether it be a thought of jealousy or envy? And we're kind of like, where did that come from? Gosh, I haven't seen that kid since second grade. And why am I worried now about that pencil he took from me? Or why am I worried now as an adult about that time that kid made fun of me in fifth grade? You know, whatever it is, why does that come into to bother me now? I don't get it. I don't even want that thought, you know, but we start thinking that there are our own thoughts There's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? That's my thought. Well, guess what? We don't have to own our thoughts. We know what thoughts we are in charge of, but there's a thought in our minds that kind of doesn't fit. Well, that could be something else, trying to put that bad thought in your mind and trying to bother you more than anything else, throw you off your game, get rid of your confidence. So let's see what else he says. He says, Satan typically tries to influence us through deception, accusation, doubts, especially about God or his love of us, provocation. So he's going to provoke us. What's this thought provoking us to? pride, anger, lust, despair, um, and to entice us to desire what is forbidden or to desire what is in itself good, but would be obtained by illicit means, meaning that he might want us to think, no, this is a really good thing, you should do that. Um, but with the way we're gonna get it is by cheating somebody or by lying about it or by stealing. So this is really what we wanna focus on more than anything else is what I would say. Uh, you know, when people in deliverance ask me, you know how do we fight the devil? Well, I'm not worried actually about you know the chains were moving and I heard a loud voices at night and these other things happen or this person's possessed. You know we think that that's extraordinary and it is. You know it's it's a. Uh, paranormal behavior. Uh, the movies are what's made out of it because it's sensational. But I think that that's where the demons want to get us, right? Why, how does somebody get to the point of possession? There had to be a whole lot of steps and it started with something as simple as this. It started with a simple temptation, a simple provocation and enticement. That's really where it comes. It comes in the simple things. Why? Because it's so simple for us to get to heaven. All we have to do is reject all that. All we have to do is turn to God. And it very simply, we get to heaven. I'm not saying there's not sacrifice involved, but it's actually very simple. We just pray. We get closer to God every day and we're going to attain heaven. Why wouldn't it be simple also to deceive us in that way if we're not aware or if we're not about our wits? The hardest part, and this is what I see in therapy all the time, we start to feel like we're no good we start to feel like we have no no recourse no power ourselves that we can never achieve any greatness or goodness and that's really where the devil deceives us right everything's a deception now Does that mean to say that we have no power? Yes, we do have the power, but the power that we have is not to fight the devil on our own. The power that we have is to choose God. And that's the important part. You notice what St. Benedict did here when I read that story, um, you know, the devil is tempting him to lust over a woman that he saw that was attractive, that he remembered, and the lust was there. And he jumps into a uh, it says a thicket full of nettles and briars. So he actually hurt his body, but what he was doing, why did St. Benedict do that? I'm not saying that we have to do that, but he did a change of pace. He did a drastic, drastic change of pace. He hurt his body so that he could focus on something else so that if his body was tempting him to lust, he was going to change that. What could we do if we're being tempted to lust without necessarily jumping into a, a briar of, uh, or into briars and nettles? Well, we can easily just get up and walk around, we could change it. We could go for a jog. We could run. We could change our bodies because our bodies are being tempted to act a certain way. Then guess what? I'm going to take control over my body. Somebody else is trying to get you know, a thought in my mind to make my body act a certain way. Nope, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to take control over my body and I'm going to make sure that you know I change it up. I make my body do something strenuous. I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to get that thought out of my head and I'm going to get those feelings out of my body. That's what's important. That's really what's going to scare the devil because then they're going to say, oh man, he's on to us. He knows what we're doing. He knows that we're trying to tempt him, and he's found the formula. He knows to change it up. I don't know what to do. And now he's focusing on God. God, we got to get out of here. I can't do that. I can come back and try again because that's what they're going to do, also. They're going to keep trying. The devil's never going to stop trying to tempt us. He's going to say, Oh, you thought you figured me out? Okay, I'm going to get out of here for a while, but guess what? I'm going to come back cuz I'm going to study you a little bit more and I'm going to find that weakness and I'm going to see, you know, that it's your pride because I'm going to make it seem that, "Oh gosh, you don't feel strong enough unless you face the sin." But little do you know when you face the sin, you're going to fall, you know, and you would have been much stronger had you walked away. Those are really the tricks of the demons, you know, not all these ghoulish things and these scary skeletons and and funny lights or anything like that. It's really more a mind game. It's more a game of, can I convince you that you're less than what you are? Can I convince you that God doesn't love you? Can I convince you that you're no good? If I can, I've won. But if we start to look at it from a point of view of, you know what, I'm not perfect, I have sinned, and it's only through God's mercy that I'm gonna be saved, but I'm gonna trust in God, and I'm gonna have faith in God, and I'm gonna pray that God save me, well, then that's where the devil's really gonna run, because he's gonna say, I can't compete against God. I can't compete against your guardian angel. He already beat me once, multiple times. He's probably beating me all the time every day. But if I turn, if you're turning to your guardian angel and you're praying to your guardian angel and you're turning to God and you're asking for the help from the saints, that's where the devil's gonna run. That's exactly what happens during deliverance prayers. So if anybody's thinking about, gosh, are the deliverance prayers like in Hollywood? No, deliverance prayers are you're gonna sit, you're gonna pray and we're asking heaven to come and to tell the demon to leave. It's kind of like in those movies where you see there's a bully in the neighborhood and then finally the whole neighborhood gets together and goes up against the bully and says, get out of our neighborhood. None of us want you here. That's how they leave. That's, that's exactly what happens. You know, um, Halloween unfortunately makes it seem that, you know, the bullies are much stronger than they really are, but we also, we're going to let them be as strong as, as they are insofar as we don't fight them as we don't resist them, you know, and that's really what we should do. That's what St. Benedict was doing. There was another question here, um, who said, it said, if you could put a spiritual toolkit together and send it to people so they can combat and keep Satan away, what would it be? Um, and he says, well, I guess that's precisely what I intended when he wrote He wrote another book called The, Spirit, the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Um, and in that, he says, really, it's about church's teachings about how we engage spiritual combat. Um, <clears throat> and really, more than anything else, we have to focus on the relevant teachings of the church, scriptural text texts, words and anecdotes from the lives of the saints, prayers, devotions, and hymns. And that's really what we're talking about. You know, we can make Halloween, if we have enough faith, we can get, make Halloween go away by just going outside and opening the Bible and exposing it to the whole neighborhood. And then all those evil signs would fall apart. You know, Um, what it comes down to is when when we're being uh, when there's a battle when we're being tempted when we're being uh, made told by the demons that we're no good that they're much stronger than we are that we're never going to be able to uh make it out alive so to speak that we're not going to make it to heaven all we got to do is go back and start reading the text let's look at what's true because if those are all lies the way we truly combat the demons is with the truth the lie is that the devil's one. That's what he wants to tell you. He wants to tell you that God's abandoned you, that he's one, and there's no way out. We're only going to combat that. We're only going to be victorious against the lies by bringing in the truth. And what is the truth? This is where the most powerful words Christ could have told us is, I am the truth. And if that's the case, and we believe that, guess what? Open your catechism. Start reading that. Once you start doing that, you start filling your mind with the truth, all those temptations are going to go away. Open the Bible get to the Gospels. see what Christ is saying all those temptations are going to go away if the demons trying to put certain thoughts in our minds that are evil that are not true, that are simple, that are provoking us to, to lust, to sin, to envy, to greed, if that's what he's doing, then he's also going to see all the thoughts that we're going to be putting in our heads. why because it's no different than the battle that Christ had with them uh, uh, in the desert right this is Christ was the ultimate teacher of how to battle how to battle the demons. Halloween's coming around and we think things are spooky, how do we combat that? We turn on the lights, right? How is what's a spooky house, a haunted house? It's got dark corridors, it's like a maze, there's confusion, things are gonna pop out of nowhere. How do you get rid of that? Turn on the lights, bring in the truth, bring in the light of Christ, and that's what's really gonna combat the demons. Once you do that, there's no there's no secret formula, there's no secret sauce to it, it's just Christ. It's bringing in the truth of Christ. This is why when we go and we receive the sacraments, we receive, we go to confession sincerely, we receive communion, we put ourselves in a state of grace. That was it. That's all you needed. And this is what we tell people in deliverance all the time. We say, have you been praying? you know, gosh, you know, Dr. Sandoval, I think that there's a demon uh, who's affecting me. And I think that, you know, God, I I can't stop thinking about these things. I I can't stop uh, looking at pornography. I can't stop, you know, hating my neighbor. I can't stop uh, reading books I shouldn't read. I can't stop doing all these things. And I can't do, I think I'm OCD. I think I have anxiety. I think I have all these things. Whoa, slow down. What's going on? Sounds like a whole lot of confusion. Sounds like there's a whole lot going on. Have you just stopped to read a passage of the Bible? Oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. No, stop read a passage of the Bible. Let's just see what it says. Once we start doing that, believe it or not, it's that simple if we have the eyes of faith. Sometimes we're looking for a show. We're looking for a lot more, but that's not the way God works. God's work is very, very simple. It's very humble. And we're going to see that with the light of Christ, we're going to keep defeating these demons and getting them out of our lives and into grace. And we're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about how do we keep the demons at bay, especially now at Halloween time. What is it that we do? What we've got to remember is that Halloween is really the eve of all saints. November 1st, All Saints Day. That's a huge day. It's the day that we celebrate all those who are victorious, who made it to heaven, <clears throat> who followed God's path and decided, you know what? I'm going to give up everything in this planet. I'm going to give up everything that I know to be true. And I'm going to focus on what God knows to be true. And if we really wanted to focus on that, um, on the Eve of all saints day, it's really a preparation to think about all the saints. It makes sense that the enemy, the evil one's going to say, no, don't think about the saints. Think about the damned. Think about coming down to hell. Think about coming down here. <clears throat> you know, we turn it into a kid's game for trick or treat. We say, oh, you're going to get Candy. Um, and there's nothing wrong with getting candy. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the Eve of All Saints with candy and, and thinking of it as a as a joyous time, as a happy time. But really, if the kids are going to get dressed up, I would encourage them to get dressed up as something nice, as something that's going to inspire me to be closer to Christ and closer to God. What makes most sense to me, uh, keeping the demons at bay on the Eve of All Saints Day, I think that's the perfect time to read on the lives of saints you know, to ask our kids, Hey, who's your favorite saint? You know, tomorrow we're going to celebrate all the saints and hopefully we're going to meet them all. And hopefully we will be counted among all the saints, right? When the saints come marching in, uh, I want to be in that number and hopefully I'll be one of the saints. But the night before, hopefully we can prepare our kids and say, Hey, you know what? Tomorrow is a feast of all saints day. We're going to go to mass. And tonight, as we talk about it, and you might get candy, but you know, which saint is your favorite saint? What characteristics do they have? Who do you want to be like? Who do you want to uh, uh, emulate uh, as a saint? What virtues do they have that you really like? This is a great time to educate our kids on a lot of things from the Catholic faith. You know, what are the virtues? You know, of all these virtues, do any of them sound important to you? Do you think any of these virtues are going to lead you to a life of saintliness? What about the works of mercy? Let's look at the spiritual works of mercy. Let's look at the corporal works of mercy. You know, as we're doing this, and we're going out and let's say that you are going to go trick or treat and get candy. Well, you know, can we give some of this candy away to people less needy? Do we need all this candy? You know, what happens if you eat all this candy in one night? You're going to get sick. Is that gluttony? What is that? So it's a great time to really educate our children and to turn anything Catholic. I mean, everything is already Catholic if we look at it that way. Um, it's just more a matter of us celebrating our faith. So let's look at there's Another question here is, what virtues are the most important in keeping evil at bay and how to use those in practical ways to protect ourselves and dr thick says since ancient times a number of wise christian spiritual advisors have counseled that humility is the foundation the foundation for all the virtues it's a soil in which all the other virtues grow. So I would emphasize that's the one above others as a practical example of how humility can protect us from the snares of the devil. Consider the story told among the ancient fathers and mothers of the desert about a humble monk who was once in his cell praying. Let's see the story. The devil appeared to him in disguise as an angel of light to tempt him into pride. He announced, "I am the angel Gabriel and I have been sent to you." But the humble monk was not deceived. He replied simply, Better check and see. You must have been sent to someone else. I'm not worthy that an angel should be sent to me. And so the devil vanished, vanquished by the monk's humility. It really comes down to that. You know, it's that simple. Remember I said, it, we think that it takes this big act uh, on the side of the person. We we wait for, gosh, you know, the people come to deliverance and father, I need you to do this and say these prayers and we need to do this. And they think that this is big operation to get rid of the influence of the demons in our lives. And the reality is something as simple as saying, eh, I don't think I'm that worthy. You know, I'm going to keep following Christ, but I'm going to, you know, Bring myself down so that if I am being tempted to pride, realize "Ah, there's probably people more worthy than I am. Somebody else can probably do this job better. And it might be true. It's not to say that I can't do the job well, but just remember somebody better might come along. It's that simple just to have the thoughts of I'm nothing and only it's only through God that I can be anything. It's like St. Paul tells us, right? He says, I glory in nothing. I don't glory in anything I do. I only glory in Jesus Christ because I realize that it is he who is working through me that's really what it comes down to. That's how we fight evil. And that's how we fight the demons, uh, in our lives in our everyday lives. Right now we talk about it a little bit more because for Halloween, you know, we love to say, Oh, what do the demons do? Oh, so how do they oppress you? Oh, so how, how do they possess you? How do they invest a, sp- a, a space? Yeah. That's great to talk about for a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know, it can get old. It's the same stories over and over. Ask yourself, have you heard anything new in that respect? No, But when it comes to virtues, I can always find new ways of improving myself. I can always find new ways of getting closer to Christ. That's much more exciting. That's much more interesting. And that's what it comes down to. I think one of the best examples that I ever heard of that, which I thought, wow, that is ingenious. And we don't think about it, but we need to think about things in that way a little bit more was father peter glass if anybody's ever uh, watched his shows on youtube father peter glass is a wonderful wonderful priest uh from poland he was polish and he was an exorcist uh, uh in poland i believe it was poland or england he was the exorcist but he's a polish priest um and he talked about one time when they were doing a deliverance session and he said you know the the demons they will try to test the priest and they will they will try to humiliate the priest and he said there was one time there was a uh, somebody who was being oppressed by the demons and they came to deliver in session. And when I showed up, he said, they, you know, they pretended uh, that they were fine. And they were saying, oh, hi, I'm, you know, the person was like, oh, hi, I'm here. No, thank you to everybody for being here. Wow, I feel really good. And he said, I could see that they were still being influenced by the demons. He said, I could see that this person wasn't well. And he, he said, I told everybody there. He said, no, they're just tricking us. They're still there. And he said, everybody turned to him and looked at him like, what's wrong with you? He said, no, they're still there. And they. he said, well, you know, I felt ashamed. And everybody kind of laughed and said, oh, this priest doesn't know what he's talking about. They were going to end the session. They were going to walk out. He said, okay. And he said, you know, I felt humiliated. He said, I really did, even though I knew that I was right. But I felt like I felt really stupid because everybody was making me feel that way. And the demons wanted to make it seem that way. And he said, and so what I did was he said, okay, well, let's just let's just leave here. Let's just very humbly um, you know, walk out and he said, I, I, I just want to do a final blessing for everybody. And, uh, he said, okay, I'm gonna do a final blessing uh, you know, feeling embarrassed. And he said, and I'll, and I'll have, uh, I, I got my crucifix and I did the prayer and I said, I'm just going to, ha- uh, pass this crucifix around and have everybody kiss it, you know, and I'm going to bless everybody with the crucifix and have them kiss it. And sure enough, he was going around. And as soon as he came to the young gal who was being, Uh, Influenced by the demons, she started screaming and moving around and 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 just saying get away from me Get away from me with that thing and then everybody realized oh gosh. She was right I couldn't believe it. We couldn't see it because we couldn't see it with our own eyes, right? So we wanted to make believe that, or we wanted to, to just believe what we saw. And so we made him feel bad. And he said, you know, and pretty soon then he's all, then I wasn't humiliated anymore. He's all, I gave myself to God. I said, I accepted the humility from God. And I said, okay, God, if I'm going to be humbled in this way, that's fine. But let's do a final prayer. That's true humility right there. That's what's really going to get the demons away. And that's what's going to reveal them. And that's what they don't want. They don't want to be revealed why is that true humility? Because we say, God, I don't understand what's happening. I'm being humiliated here, but okay. I'm, you know, I also know that I'm a priest and that I'm going to do a blessing because that's my job. So if I just do my job, if I just do my everyday job, boy, okay. I think I'm going to, you know, the demons are going to reveal themselves and they're going to go away eventually, just like it did for him. One of the things that I thought was ingenious that he talked about was, he said, um, you know, when, when nothing's happening and, and, uh, the demons aren't leaving, or it seems like they're really strong during these deliverance sessions. He says, I tell everybody, why don't we sing some Christmas carols? And everybody looks at him and says, what are you talking about? Christmas carols. And he's like, yeah, don't you guys have faith in your own Christmas carols? He's like, we're talking about the incarnation. Don't you think that's going to scare the living daylights out of these demons who are already in fear and get them out of here? sing some Christmas carols. Why? Because we're singing about the incarnation. He's all, if you think of Christmas as just candy canes and elves and Santa Claus, you've missed the point of what we're celebrating in Christmas. Christmas is probably the scariest, scariest holiday for the demons, right? They try to, we think that Halloween is scary. No, how are we going to scare the demons? We're going to celebrate Christmas in our hearts. We don't always decorate for Christmas all year round. But I'm sure that when we decorate our our homes, look at what happens in Christmas time. You know, everybody decorates with lights and colors. And what happens? People say, oh, it's Christmas and people are happier. Why is that? Why only during one time of the year are people happier as we celebrate the incarnation, the birth of Christ? right? I mean, this is, this is what's important. This is how we need to think as, as Catholics. How do we get rid of the demons in our lives? We make Christmas every day in our hearts. We make Christmas every day in our, in our homes. We decorate for Christmas. We decorate for Christ being born, uh, in our environments and everything around us. That's really how we do it. You know, that's how we, that's how we defeat the demons. All right, let's see what the next one is. Um, there's a question. Oh, this is an important question because people ask it all the time, and especially during Halloween, people get scared. Um, but it says, why does Satan seem to bug some people more than others? And so sometimes I know a lot of people feel that way. They say, oh, Dr. Sandoval, the demons are always attacking me. It seems like everybody else is fine, but I'm always being attacked. And it says, one pattern I noticed in the saints' lives is this. If the devil fears that someone will be going, will be doing great damage to his infernal kingdom, he goes after that person furiously, when St. Anthony demonstrated his resolve to live as a holy hermit in the desert, then St. Catherine consecrated herself to Christ as a child. When, when St. Padre Pio first entered the Capuchin religious order, that's when the enemy of their souls did his worst to stop them. He knew that if he could stymie such men and women, he would compromise the great works God had given them to do. I think we should take comfort in that knowledge. If the devil is fiercely opposing us, perhaps it means that God has great plans to use us or... On the other hand, we should keep in mind the warning of St. John Vianney. The greatest of all evils is not to be tempted, because then there are grounds for believing that the devil looks upon his uh, upon us as his property. So you know, it's important to remember why does he bug people more than others? This is true of, of for anybody. Once you start to take a task for God, once you decide that you're going to turn to life, your life to God, that's where you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested heavily um, because you're going to be told that you can't do it, that you're no good. And all these negativities are going to come about um, versus, um, you know, if we're just living a regular life, we're never being tempted that's okay. You know, if we turn our life to God, if we're always focusing on God and our hearts are sincere, we don't have to be tempted. God decides, you know, some people, you know, he allows, I should say, temptation for some people more than others. Why is that the case? I don't know. But is it always the case that, oh, if the devil is, uh, uh, tempting me all the time and doing this, oh, that means that I have great designs for God or from God. I'd say, be careful to think that way too, because a lot of times people come to deliverance and they feel that, oh, You know, the devil's attacking me and I'm possessed, but, you know, it's because I'm a victim soul. And so, you know, I, I'm made to suffer. And so I have to do nothing else. And all of a sudden people become paralyzed in their suffering. And I would dare say, look at the lives of the saints of this example. These saints were not paralyzed. They kept on doing the work of God. They kept moving forward in the work of God they had a mission from God. It's the mission at hand the, that we have to ask ourselves about. What's my mission from God? I'm going to keep doing it. And it's probably going to be tempted on the way. So these are the things to remember and the things to think about. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. All right, well, welcome back to Bird and Most Powerful Radio. Today, we are talking about how to keep the demons out of our lives. What scares the demons to get away from us, right? So we're always thinking that we're scared of them. And as Halloween comes up, and it's right around the corner here, we usually think, gosh, there's all these spooky things. And we like to go to haunted houses and get ourselves scared. I never recommend that. You know, I uh, as far as like scary movies and demonic movies and things like that, I usually don't recommend them because the reality is we want to think about um, you know, why are we watching this movie? How is it edifying me? How is it getting me closer to God? Um, you know, is it bringing me closer to God? Is this something that is inspiring me to get closer to God? Do I watch them? Sometimes I watch them more as a study. I don't know if you ever watch, uh, the, on uh, Jesus 911. If you listen to, um, uh, Jesse and his wife, when they're doing the Friday morning shows and I was listening to it the other day and Jesse made a good point um, where he was saying, you know, these people have all these things in their homes, get rid of them. You know, if you have all these scary movies on exorcisms and demonic possessions and things like that, get rid of those movies. You don't need those in the, in your home. What's the purpose of having them? I have them every now and then as a case study, Jesse, I know does the same thing um, just to see what is Hollywood trying to portray? What is it that, you know, when people come to our deliverance sessions or people feel that they're being attacked by demons, you know, what? what is it that they've seen, it, just as a pop cultural reference, if you will? Um, what is, how are they portraying demons? What is it that people believe about demons? Because honestly, we do take a lot from what we believe from our media, from, our, from the news, from movies. You know, a lot of people believe certain things. And they say, oh yeah, I saw that movie, so I know that this is how things go. And sometimes Hollywood is just Hollywood. We've got to remember Hollywood is there to entertain us, not necessarily to instruct us. Um, There are some good documentaries and movies out there, but, you know, we've got to be judicious about what we watch and what we see. Um, and as the holiday for Halloween comes up, I th- always want to keep the focus on, you know, this is the evening of all the saints. This is the evening of us getting to heaven. This is the evening of us, uh, making it to heaven. And we should think of it that way. Um, as we're talking about this show, I know some of our listeners, uh, kind of get intense about it. So why don't we say uh, our fathers to, to make sure that we quell the anything bad and we, we rest our spirit in the name of the father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, that's the original exorcism prayer right there, taught to us by God himself through Jesus, right? Jesus tells us, you know, this is this is the way you should pray. And what do we say at the end? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Um, it's the, the first prayer of exorcism. It's the most simple prayer you can pray um, if you're ever feeling that way. If you're feeling like, oh man, I'm getting a bad influence or I'm really scared or I'm really worried, say in Our Father, that's all you need. You can always say in Our Father, Hell, Mary, and a Glory be. That's all you need to do with the eyes of faith and everything will be cleansed. I've been going through this article uh, where they were interviewing a Dr. Paul Thigpen who's written a few books on uh, the on deliverance and on saints, and in particular this one's saints who, battled, uh, who saw hell, who battled the demons, um, and he's being asked a few questions which are pretty interesting. We're going to go through these questions here uh, on the last part of the show. So a couple questions. How can we know what comes from Satan and what doesn't? How do we present ourselves from getting paranoid, <clears throat> excuse me, prevent ourselves from getting paranoid and overly focused on the evil one? I love this question because this is the most important question of the day when it comes to dealing with Uh, the dark side, if you will. And this is what his answer is. He says, scripture speaks of our ongoing battles with the world, the flesh and the devil. He said, he references the book of James chapter four, verse one through seven. And he says, it's true that at times our struggles with the flesh and the world may not be directly provoked by the devil's interference. Still, he takes advantage of those struggles and seeks to establish a stronger presence in our lives through them. So we need to pay close attention to his movements. I think that if we can establish a habit of recognizing the source of our thoughts, the better part of the battle will be won. That kind of discernment is cultivated through the usual spiritual disciplines recommended to us by the church. Frequent prayer. Prayer. Mass attendance and Eucharistic adoration, regular reception of the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and reconciliation, scripture study, and even memorization and wise counsel from trusted advisors. You know, this is really important. This is what I mostly tell people. And this is really where deliverance comes in. You know, at the end of the day, if you're worried about the evil in your life, if you're worried about it, that it's demonic, if you're worried that it's coming from, you know, from the dark side, from hell, from, from demons, then really what's the, what's the solution? Live a, live a Catholic life, you know? And how do we live a Catholic life? It's like I always say, we got to think Catholic so that we can live Catholic so that we can be Catholic. We're gonna, we have to start thinking Catholic. And how do we think Catholic? By reading, you know, how, what comes into our thoughts? How do we gain knowledge as human beings? Well, one, we look at nature right? So if nothing else, if I were born on a desert island and there were no books or anything around me, I would just look at nature and learn from nature. I would see that the birds come in a certain time of year. There's a sun rising at a certain time, the sun sets. I need to shelter myself from the rain and the elements. So I would learn from nature. But here I also learn from books, right? Why do we go to school? We learn from books. I learn my math. I learn my reading. I learn my science. So we learn all these things. We open books and that's what fills our minds with knowledge. Well, what's going to happen if I start reading about the Catholic faith, if I start Reading about the church. Well, when we go to school, we we worry about our children's education, and we see that on the news all the time. Where we say, "What are the teachers teaching them?" The parents have to have a say in what the teachers teach our children. Right? School boards can't decide um, what to teach our children, other than the basics of knowledge in terms of you know the sciences and things like that. But when it comes to religion and socializing, and that, that the school is not a place for that. We, now we're seeing that the parents are a place for that. Why? Because whatever we read, whatever we learn, not only goes into our minds, it goes into our hearts. And so when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to getting rid of the spooks, if I start reading the catechism of the faith, if I start reading our Bibles, if I start doing that, it's going to go into my mind and the word of God is going to live in my heart. There's no way a demon's going to want to be around when all I think about is God and the word of God and I have God in my heart. How in the world is the devil going to be there? It doesn't fit. It's not going to, it can't be there. It's like uh, the first uh, uh, verses in the, in the gospel of John, you know, the light, the darkness cannot overcome the light. Right? God was the word and he was with God. The darkness could not overcome it. When we fill our minds and our hearts with with light, the light of the church, it's not going to be overcome. And when we do that, we're gonna we're gonna desire prayer. We're gonna desire going to mass, we're gonna desire going to the Eucharist. There's not gonna be an evil influence. If something bad happens in our lives, we're gonna see it actually as a blessing from God. We're gonna turn everything to God and we're gonna say, Thank you, God, for everything you've given me, for everything you've settled in our hearts. Um, you know, we study our scripture uh, and we turn to the lives of the saints, is what I'm talking about. These are people who went before us, who knew how to battle this, who knew how to walk those grounds, and who are going to teach us. You know, this is the best way to get rid of, um, to know what's coming from the demons and what's not. If I just continue to focus my, put everything in my path towards God, then you know what? I might be tempted in certain ways, some things might come from the devil. But I'm going to be training myself. I've already trained myself to only look at God, to only look at the Eucharist, to only look at the Bible, to only look at that which is Catholic in my mind. I'm already thinking Catholic, so I'm going to live Catholic. I'm going to make Catholic decisions. If I start noticing in myself that I'm feeling prideful or envious or gluttonous, or lustful, or things like that, I'm gonna recognize that because I've already been training for that. I've already been training for that and realize, you know what, these thoughts are coming in my mind. I don't like them. It's not something that I want. I'm gonna go pray a little bit. I'm gonna go read a good book a little bit. I'm gonna change this negativity for something positive. And then I'm gonna be positive for other people. This is when we really wanna get rid of of the evil in our lives. Sometimes some people don't, you know, they think they do. They want to be able to, what really happens is in deliverance a lot of times, sadly, a lot of people come, and they say, you know, I, I'm feeling that I'm being influenced by demons. Um, you know, that my life's been turned upside down. Things, Weird things are happening in my home. Um, and we say, okay. And they say, yeah, I want some prayers. I want to get rid of all that. And we say, okay, but you can't live a life of sin anymore. You can't, you know, be uh, uh, lustful. You can't live with your with your girlfriend anymore. You got you to live a Catholic life. You got to follow these virtues. You know, you got to start praying. And they're like, ah, I don't know that I want to do all that. I just want all this bad stuff to go away. And it's like, well, okay, well, what do you want us to do? Because if you have all this bad stuff... Around your life, and we're telling you the demons are attached to sin, so you got to get rid of the sin, but you don't want to get rid of the sin. We can't get rid of the demons. It, it doesn't happen. I remember there was a a family one time who made the news down in Mexico. <clears throat> you know, there was a family where their kids were possessed, and they really were. It, w- it was a true possession. Um, and they uh, they went to the bishop. The, the family members went to the diocese there. They went to the bishop, and the bishop went over to the house and he asked them. You know, so you guys are going to go to mass. You're going to start living Catholic life. And they said, no, we don't want any of that. We just don't want our kids to be possessed. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't perform an exorcism. And a lot of people critique the bishop and they said, how could he possibly do that? How could he leave these kids possessed? And it wasn't that he was leaving them possessed. It's that they didn't give him the opportunity to remove them, to perform the exorcism. It must be a lot of like when Christ went to um, <clears throat> different places and it says in the Bible, you know, what does it say? He couldn't perform miracles because the people had no faith. Well, if we don't have faith in the teachings of the Catholic Church, then why are you going to a Catholic bishop to exorcise demons? You know, if we don't feel that we want to live a Catholic life, why are we going to the Church to help us out? It doesn't make sense, right? If I'm going to the Catholic Church to help me out, then that tells me that I believe that to be the truth, and I want to start living that kind of life. If I don't, then, you know, good luck. That can be very, very challenging. And once we start living that Catholic life, then we can discern really what's coming from the evil and what's coming from, from God. Here's another thing that Dr. Thickman says. He says, another pattern I notice in the lives of the saints is their notable refusal to become paranoid about the enemy. This one, I would say, is key. They were able to maintain confidence and courage because they were convinced, as St. John tells us, that greater is the God who is within us than the evil one who is of the world. Though they took the devil seriously, they also showed a kind of holy contempt for him because they knew he is ultimately a defeated foe. This is really, really important. Um, You know, a lot of times this is where I always say people think that, you know, demons are going to overtake them and that they're way powerful. And that's um, unfortunately what this, uh, how, how Halloween portrays it, right? It portrays it. We see these scary movies where there's a slasher, where there's a killer, where there's a demon and they always seem to be so, so powerful but this is what he's telling us if we look at what the saints did um you know on the all hallows eve we can think about what did the saints do here let's think about this on this eve of all the saints day um they didn't become paranoid about the enemy they said you know what he's going to put on a show he's going to do whatever he's going to do halloween's going to look the way it's going to look am i going to freak out about it Eh. i'm just going to realize that it's already a defeated enemy there's nothing that he can do i'm not going to take this too seriously i'm not going to get that scared you know i have a holy contempt Like, I don't like it, but you know, whatever. Uh, Because ultimately none of this means anything to me. You know, I'm not going to let it invade my heart. I'm not going to let it invade my mind. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to be fine and they're going to do whatever they're going to do. But in my mind and in my heart, I'm going to turn all that to God. And it says, for this reason, despite sometimes intense physical violent combat, some of the saints had playful nicknames for the evil spirit that tormented them. St. Catherine called him the pickpocket because he tried to steal souls. St. Pio called him the ogre. St. Gemma Gilgani called him um, Chiapino, which means the burglar. St. Biani called him the Grappin, which means the wrestler. Oh, the Grappin and myself, he once joked, we are almost buddies. It's interesting because you start to realize when you defeat this enemy, when you fight this enemy, uh, there's a kind of a relationship that comes there, almost like a Batman and the Joker type relationship, um, where you uh, you start to realize that you understand each other and you know that you're gonna fight each other and that there's no way you're ever gonna be On the same side you know there's only one side to pick and that's god's side you know this halloween keep it holy keep it thinking about the saints keep it all hallows eve and that way the way we're going to do that is by focusing on the lives of the saints we're going to think like the saints so that we can act like the saints so that we can be saints think catholic so that you can live catholic and be catholic this is dr sandoval here on the dr sandoval show saying until next week we'll see you here uh and always remember to keep it catholic